There are some things in the universe that just are. They exist and are unquestioned by the masses and the people who should know better. Sometimes they are hidden away in the dusty attics of the mind and the blinkered multitudinous throngs of the great unwashed get on with their daily dreary lives, blinkered and blinded to the lurking menace that surrounds them. There are other times when the church becomes involved and saints the lurking presence, building shrines to their name, towering edifices to their words, and passing around the collection plate with a smile on their collective flabby faces. The deities become bread and wine, and the priests become fat and drunk on their own cunning and guile. In gallantry, this could never happen or has already happened, or will happen. The wind howls through the cracks in the wall as the rain beats down and the attic groans with the weight of a thousand lost souls whom together moan collectively, whispering in your ear today's question. What is omnipotence? When's the last time you checked on the underside of your dining table? For all you know, there might be a message scrawled there. For all you know, it might be important, possibly written by a prophet, a seer, or even yourself in a fit of reflective melancholy. For all you know, it could be a will and testament, a dirty realism, or a secret truth of life. If you lie on your back and have a good look under there, you may discover this gift that has been sitting hidden from you only inches away from your humdrum life for years. You must look really hard, and when you discover something fantastical in the mundane, the everyday that you'd never noticed before, then you, my friend, are in gallantry again. Or just lying under the table, squinting. Thank you, Eustace. It's another fine day and a little slice of heaven cake that we call Gallatry. And you, dear, dear listeners, are the cherry on the top. Lovely, plump, crimson, juicy listeners. Yummy, yummy. Although, I must admit that I've lost my sweet tooth after the nostalgic trip into the chocolate of my youth last week. I was so ill, all night, up and down more times than a bride's nighty. Eustace found it very amusing that I was sick as a parrot, and even left the comfort of the Welcome to Gallatry Crow Globe a couple of times to come and have a good gloat, crying, Sure is a mighty spew, as the Texan bar reanimated itself upon the bathroom floor. Local politics. And now we go over to the steps of the council chamber where the mayor, Ms Lorna X, is giving the regular update on civic progress for the first time since Jenny rescued her from the Mobius wood. 
The mayor stands calmly surveying the crowd. She seems very confident and has now started to glow with a pale purple light as she hovers above the rostrum like a coiffured kestrel. A purple light of power, of all-knowingness, as if she's discovered a secret under your kitchen table and use it against you unless you play nicely. To her left stands the rather sheepish-looking Prentice, smart as ever, but looking decidedly like his table has been turned over, parading its badly-kept secrets like a fat tart's panty line. Dear Galatrierians, I float before you, re-energised, reinvigorated, reborn after my rescue. I want to relate to you my renaissance and explain that I have rediscovered my raison d'etre. I have realised that we cannot enforce your loyalty with communal dreams and rallying calls to the mob with menaces. The mayor, through a sideways glance at Prentice, looked at her nails and continued. I saw myself and my life in the wood. I saw you all, your lives in the wood. I know now why I am here. The crowd all pay attention and feel a revelation on its way. I am no longer simply your elected representative. I have felt those souls and so I shall extend my mandate. I am no longer a mere politician that you should obey, per se. I am a veritable deity that you should love, revere and worship. I want you to dream about me whilst you are asleep. You can call me Nightmare, if you like. I said there are skeptics. So I'm going to suggest a pilot scheme. I should call it Praise the Mayor or Else. And our symbol will be the cross, an X. In order to fully prove the concept of me becoming a goddess, I've decided to give you a little incentive. I will not forbid any of you to worship who and how you like, because that would be undemocratic. But to grease the wheels and make this pilot a success, I've decided to impose a tax on any other religious practices other than praise them there or else. But you do get to pray to be free, genuflect gratis, pray as you go. Send your adulations or servile flattery to praise the mayor at or else.gab. The new tax will be levied on individuals with a suspicion principle. Whereby, if I suspect that you are not praying to me, I assume that you have another preferred persuasion, and so I'll get my civil servants to send you a demand. Remember, the wood showed me a lot of that. I shall call this new duty an infidel tax. Thank you. The mayor raised her arms aloft and floated back into the council building, now marked Cathedral Offices. The crowd, open-mouthed, simply looked at each other in disbelief. Even Prentice for once looked genuinely shocked. Damn, he thought. How good was that wood? Well, dear listeners, I'm sure that leadership like that can't grow on trees. And that's why the kitten had to be rescued from the biscuit barrel. And now let's move over to cry. Chief Anderson has got an update on the ongoing avian tech squad investigation into the foul cybercrime outbreak. Well, Chief, have you an update for our curious listeners? The Chief looks a bit embarrassed and shuffles his papers before looking up over the lectern and begins to speak. We have an update on the recent reports of Quake Mail. After further investigations, we have found that the unsolicited emails have taken a new turn, with no tremors attached this time just four words. We are getting complaints of emails from an organisation called Temple of the Real Goose. 
and the propaganda that it contains is a random series of words. People are concerned that they don't understand what they mean and justifiably worried about their intent. I have an example email here. It contains the words Captain, Raven, Zeppelin, Welcome. We cannot establish any kind of motive, but there seems to be no crime, so I can only urge people who receive such an email to simply delete it and forget it. Thank you, Chief. Captain Raven Zeppelin, welcome. I wonder what that means. And now we have a rare delight. Jenny Jennings has come into the studio to do a new, innovative and typically gallantry radio experience. Hi Jenny, can you give us the idea behind this new feature? Yes, sure. Whilst I was in the Mobius Wood, connected to the U-boat via the line of 500, I touched a tree and inadvertently completed the timeline circuit. Everyone in that line saw everyone else's past, present and possible future timeline. I have found that touching the bottle that was given to me by Moses the wino that day will immediately conjure up images in the bottle in my head. I will relate what I see and the first person to call in and guess the identity of the person will get £500. We should call it, this could be your life. Okay Jenny, shall we give it a go? Here's the bottle. Do you need to rub it or will it do it on its own? Perhaps a genie might appear. Don't look at me like that, Jenny. <clears throat> okay, right, Jenny, what do you see? I see a boy in shorts walking through a schoolyard. Cloisters, religious icons, wooden panels. He's going to the headmaster's office. He sits outside nervously, kicking his feet beneath him on an oversized chair in front of a door saying, Headmaster's office, Mr. Murphy, St. Joseph's Catholic School. He is looked up and down by a nun who's wearing glasses like the wings of a 50s Cadillac before he's sent into the room with a dismissive air. He is slightly shoved through the now open door by the nun and sees the headmaster standing before him. Ah, there you are, James. Your mother and I would like a little chat with you. The headmaster moves to his left and sits behind his desk. Boy then sees his ashen-faced mother, still in her coat, her handbag on her lap, sitting in front of a large desk. He sees no other chair, so stands awaiting the worst. The headmaster turns to the woman and begins, Well, Mrs Crow, I have asked you here today to discuss my extreme disappointment with your son James. I want him to explain to you, as well as I, what is the meaning of this? The headmaster dramatically tossed a folded piece of paper towards the woman. He then continued, James was caught passing this to another boy in Sister Belinda's maths lesson, and I can only say that I'm deeply shocked and disappointed that it should come to this. He turned to the boy and said sternly, You'll never make it into the priesthood like this, James. Mrs Crow looked at the note, then the headmaster, and then her son. She slowly reached out and picked it up. No one said anything. She unfurled the note and began to read. Did you hear about the Irish boy who dated a princess? He got his knob stuck in the exhaust pipe. Mrs Crow looked up, bemused, looked at the headmaster and then at her son. She then burst out into a large barrier. She just couldn't stop. A furious headmaster, a judgmental sister and a thousand impressed schoolboy eyes followed them trudging across the courtyard. Mrs Crow and her son walk up the road away from the school. Jimmy has all his school things in a bin bag and forlornly scuffs along beside her. She stops and turns to the boy. Well, Jimmy, you'll never become a priest now. You'll have to go to that dead-end comprehensive with the rest of those rocker yobs. She paused as they reached the bus stop. 
Good joke, though, and then slaps him round the back of the head. Don't do it again. The bus arrives. It has an advert on the side that reads, Use your head. Jimmy reads it, looks at his hand, and gets on. Jenny stops and then says, Hang on, there's more. Jenny continues. A couple of years later, Jimmy's in the sanctuary of his bedroom. He has older, grown his hair, and has saved up for his first leather jacket that sits proudly on the back of a chair. Like other rebellious Irish rocker kids who've had their future in the church taken away from them, he started on the basics. Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, Kaylee Minogue. But soon he was listening to Nuns and Roses, Rage Against the Pachine, and even ZZ, Top of the Morning to You. The die was cast. I now see an older, busier, more purposeful hand with many skull rings, a hand typing many emails with numbers in and a sign being nailed to an old building. I can't read the sign. It's fading. That's all. Jenny puts the bottle down next to the crow globe on the mixing desk. Well, if you know who that is, pick up the phone and give us a call, dear listeners. There is £500 I need to get from the petty cash waiting for one lucky listener. Somewhere in Gallatry, there is another hand that had an epiphany whilst holding the other hands in the line of 500 who saw that day. There is another hand who is busily building another vision of the future for the unwashed, unshepherded souls of this town. This hand hovers over a computer and hits send. This hand is stitching an old leather jacket back to its rude health. This hand is deftly carving a simple wooden sign and nailing it above a large door in a back alley in the old zombie quarter of town. This hand is now brushing off the sawdust from the sign, which now hangs in the shadows. This hand has been idle for too long. This hand reaches out and keys a number into the electric keypad. The door clicks open and its owner's voice chuckles to himself. We are now open for business at last. The sign reads, Temple of the Real Goose. Welcome back, dear listeners. It's Saturday night, it's seven-ish, and we are still waiting for the first call to our new feature, This Could Be Your Life. Someone out there must know. It's as if you're hiding something from us. Hang on, here we go. I'm so excited, Jenny. Hello, dear listener. You're through to Gallatry Radio, the beating liver of this town on Saturday night. Oh, okay. So you want to remain anonymous. <laughs> Who doesn't? Have you identified the mystery person in the bottle? What? Miss Lorna X, the mayor? Are you joking? I see why you want to keep your identity secret now. Please continue. So, you've received a tax demand for 500 quid, and you're hoping to get even. I see your point. So... You literally do want to get even. You received an email saying, Captain Raven Zeppelin welcome, and remembered a vision from the night in the Mobius Wood. So you saw a list of names and worked out what the words mean then? A code? I am asking, a code for what already? No, I don't do accents. A door? A temple? How did you find it? So you all saw it. All 500 of you. So you're going there tonight to join up. Hello? Hello? Well, Jenny, this is interesting. This means that you must have seen it too. Jenny? 
Jenny! Where'd you go? What's going on tonight? I'm banjaxed. My mojo must be loco or banjoed. Eustace! Fetch the rum. Well, I'm alone down here in the vinyl vault trying to work out what to do. I have my observer book of garden birds and rock and roll cliches to while away the time with my Captain Mojo Banjo special reserver rum until Jenny comes back to us. Hmm. Hang on, what's this? An automatic band naming system. Three columns of words that can be selected at random to make a rock name. Wait, Captain Raven Zeppelin. They're in the list. Numbers 040901. I must get hold of Jenny. We must find that temple. Well, it's latish, and I'm trying to contact Jenny. I've tried almost everything else, so here goes. Use the empty bottle of rum in one hand and the crow globe in the other. Broadsword calling Jenny Jennings. Come in. Over. Broadsword calling Jenny Jennings. Come in. Over. Hello? Jenny Jennings here. Over. That's radio rum. Don't taste too great, but who looks at the mantle while stoking the fire? Where are you, Jenny? Well, I'm down at the old zombie quarter. I've been walking around the back alleys. I found a doorway. I remember it from the bottle. It's at the back of the old mill. The guttering has long since gone and there's green moss streaked down the side of the building leading to a stagnant, slimy pool at the bottom. A forlorn tree is growing around the doorway. There's a sign saying, Temple of the Real Goose, and a security keypad. But I don't remember them, though. Well, try the code 040901. Who needs that killjoy clever dick, Donna Penny, anyway? Well, I'm in. Jenny says cautiously. Jenny walks into a large, rather dusty, sloped-floored auditorium. It looks like it was once a cinema with the seats ripped out. There are lots of figures stood motionless in dark robes like sentinels, all facing to the front like a crowd waiting for a band to come on. The stage where the old screen was has been painted with a large goose symbol. Bon Jovi, everyone. Bon Jovi and welcome. You have all been invited here tonight and I wanted to explain why. You're all special people. You're all of the 500 who have seen each other's lives and I have asked you here to come and build a new church. A new message. Dare I say a new world. In the beginning there was the word. And the word was walk. Walk is the purest form of being. It is such a pure word that I cannot sully it by saying it publicly, as it would be a blessing. My life changed when I was in the line of 500. I saw you all. I also saw what I must do, what my life meant, and what we need to build. So I built this temple for you all. When I was young, I wed a leaflet that asked the following question. One, why is God omniscient? Two, what happens when you die? What is the meaning of life? I instinctively knew all the answers to these questions, but didn't know why, until I was in the line of 500. God is punishing us because of our status in this world. When we die, we turn into birds, and the meaning of life could be anything. In fact, it is different for us all, as we all saw. So, quite simply, we invented you all to carry this message out to the world. 
You all received your new titles in the emails. You all saw the code page that gave you the combination to get into this tent, if you so wish. The name is a verbal embodiment of my philosophy of the holy twiddity. Status or wang, such as we're admiral, birds such as woof, and the wanderness of life such as underpants. Wang, bird, wander. We're admiral, woof, underpants. It's so simple in its majesty. The clarity of the message, the real meaning of life, all to the sound of the detuned power ego. What other religion do you talk about? I used to be called Jimmy Quo. I am now called the Weatherwood Quo Wedwin, the master of the temple of the wheel goose. So, who's with me? Who will come and spread the word of the goose? Who will walk this world with me? We only have a couple of rules. One, you must wear black leather. It's the new way. Two, you must never say the word walk. Please refer to it as walk. Three, you must destroy all false religions based on taxation. Oh, oh, and four, uh, no heavy petting. You, sir, are you with me? A large man walks up to the stage and talks into the mic held by the crazed-faced temple master. My name is Arnold. I used to be a teacher. I am now brother Utuscan Osboy Tarantula. Let's walk. Another man is beckoned forward to the mic. My name is Sean. I am now brother Whiteman Ptarmigan Timetable. What the wheel goose? Another is selected from the crowd. My name is Justin, but now I am brother Sainted Waven Bonnet. Let's walk this town. The temple master then took the mic back in his skull-ringed hand. It's now time to spread the word. Let's walk the gallery. Let's go and give the mayor a good goosey. Thank you, Eustace. Let's go back over to the council building where there seems to be a mass disturbance of, well, monks. Jenny, what seems to be happening? Well, it's really kicking off down here. The biker monks from the temple are smashing down the council offices and the police are overrun. They're just standing back and letting them do it. Well, it seems that the table has turned on the mayor's plans to be a goddess. The Cathedral of Democracy is being torn down and we have further proof that I shouldn't drink rum. It seems to cause confusion, holy wars and hiccups. Under Under the centenary bridge... The voices rise in slowly and deliberately. You have been listening to Gallotry, a community-funded local radio station. I'm Adam Aardvark. Max couldn't be around at the end of the show. He often needs to lie down in a darkened room and sort of, well, convalesce. If you enjoyed today's show and want to know more or simply express a simple and not very cogent opinion, then email us at welcometogallatry at gmail.com. You can tell us what you think, although we might already know what you think. Or failing that, if you genuinely have no idea, we can helpfully provide some new ideas that you can call your very own. Ideas that you can share with your friends and family and become a much more interesting and likeable person, if only to yourself. This has been a Gallatry Entertainment broadcast recorded in a haunted pub in Gallatry. No, honestly, 
Voices appeared on the recordings that we later had to edit out. I think we got them all, but who's to know for sure? Anyway, Gallatry is performed by Max Black, written and recorded by Max Black and Adam Ardark, is copyright Gallatry Productions 2015. Thanks for listening. But remember, on your next journey home, Gallatry may be just around the corner. <laughs>